evening everyone, on this cold evening. Um, as a prelude to this talk, I came across one of the, um, the best um, Dharma book titles the other day, and it's um, written by um, Sally Tilsdale, who is a, a lay American woman Zen teacher, I'm not quite sure where, but she's also a, a, a nurse who's worked for many years with um, Death and Dying. And the name of the book is Advice for Future Corpses <laughs> and Those Who Love Them. <laughs> um, a good sequel to Ezra's book, Growing Old for Beginners. Yeah. So um, this talk, as with many talks, do you know, is Advice for Future Corpses. Uh, um, but following through with um, going through the, the precepts, um, the one I'd like to um, speak to tonight is the, the um, precept, I take up the way of taking only what is freely given and giving freely of all that I can. And this, um, this is uh, again Diane Rosetto's wording, rewording of the precepts. But this one embodies two precepts, um, uh, which is traditionally um, not stealing, right? so not taking what's been um, freely given, and the other one which is um, not sparing the Dharma assets, which means um, to translate it into simple language, don't be stingy, right? be, be generous. So don't steal and be generous. And what this, what's at the essence of this um, precept they, all the precepts come back to um, seeing life just as it is, you know, and seeing it in its essential way. So the nature of life, um, if, we, if we could see into it clearly, is that um, nothing is missing, uh, that, that there's enough. The moment is just enough in itself. It doesn't need adding on to, it doesn't need subtracting. It's just enough in itself. And um, everything is in a state of giving and taking. We see that very clearly in nature that um, human beings and animals give off oxygen and then the trees absorb it, they give it. The, the, the trees freely take it. The trees freely give off carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. Sorry, the other way around. You know what I mean, the cycle of oxygen and carbon dioxide. When the name of Robert Aitken, one of Robert Aitken's books on ethics was The Mind of Clover. And in that little essay he uses the metaphor that um, clover is apparently full of nitrogen. So when it dies it just um, uh, it, it, uh, helps every, everything around it, nourishes it and grows as a kind of compost. So the mind of clover is the mind that just unconsciously just gives back to the world. Mm -hmm. So everything is in a state of receiving and giving all the time. So when we come back into the way the things just are, in that interconnected way, and that's the essence of understanding this precept. If, if we lived our lives that way, then we would be living this precept. You know, and we would only take what is, what is freely given um, and give all that we can. 
um, 100% to, to life and to those around us. And the word also, the word um, oriyoki, you know, the, the bowl ceremony we use for eating, the, the, the literal meaning of the word oriyoki is just enough. It's just this, just enough. And if we experienced our life in that way, then that's where the sense of contentment arises from. It's just this. Um, but where, we, where we, we break the precept um, is when we're out of touch with just this, you know, and this is just enough. And then we go chasing things um, and we, we, we're kind of coming from a belief or a position that what I've got is not enough. I've got to have more, I've got to have more, I've got to have more. And um, that can come out in, in sort of two different ways. It can come out um, in an overinflated way as, as a sense of entitlement to things. So if we think we're entitled to things, which is a very common um, contemporary modern day attitude which is developing more and more in a narcissistic way, then we just feel entitled to things because we do, you know, and, um, and it's very egocentric, so we push in in cues, you know, and we, um, we rip off other people in business, you know, to justify what we can be justified in various ways. And um, it, 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 it's a kind of a, there's many, many different ways in which it manifests, but it's far more than just stealing material things. You know, it's, it's stealing time, you know, it's stealing recognition from others that are owed that recognition. Um, and uh, it can also come the other way around, if we have a sense of insufficiency, so kind of like an underinflated view of ourselves rather than over-entitled. If there's a sense of insufficiency, then we've got to be filled up and we've got to take you know, and in relationships you see that working over and over again where there's a, a sense of unworthiness or insufficiency or not being lovable and then there's a, a demand to be loved or a demand to be validated and to try to, try to um, take something which someone else can't give freely and that creates a whole lot of disturbing dynamics in relationships. The other side of it is... Um, that often just how nature just gives and receives naturally, um, a lot of us have difficulty receiving as well as giving and completely re receiving. And um, when I've asked this question, a lot of people in therapy and in couple therapy in particular, I often ask people, what, what are you more comfortable doing, giving or receiving? And nearly everyone says giving. <laughs> yeah? And um, because when you're giving, you feel like you're powerful and you can, you're in control. But to actually receive something means to be vulnerable, you know. We might even feel obligated to others or you don't feel worthy enough of what's being received, even though it's given freely as a, an act of love, like a compliment or whatever. Um, a lot of people find it really difficult to receive. And so if really life is just enough in itself and everything is in a, a flux of giving and receiving, then 
as a human being, it's important that we, we can equally receive what's freely given and as well as giving. And then we're part of, we're just part of that natural world again, as it is. Um, if you take this precept up to actually practice with it, with all of them, like you just work on it for a month, you know, have a little journal, and you write down instances, significant sort of events that have happened in your life where um, you, you record the instances where you feel like you really freely did give or you freely received, and you record the instances of when you didn't, you know, and then start to look at what the, the belief system is behind it, either a sense of entitlement or insufficiency or not enough. And you just see it working in, in so many different um, everyday circumstances, like, um, you, like you, you're waiting to be served, you know, and whether you push in in front of other people in front of you, you know, or whether you, you're courteous and see who else is there. Um, in driving along the road, there's very, very many different ways in which you can be, you know, um, not trying to get ahead, you know, to uh, stealing someone's time or position or trying to get to a parking spot before someone, <laughs> you know, before they get it. And uh, so stealing, you know, taking what's not freely given is, has many, many, many different um, variations to it. In relationships, it's, it can be things like um, demanding an apology. You know, for someone who either doesn't want to give an apology or doesn't think they should, you know, but you demand it, you know. It's trying to take something that's not freely given. Um, we can steal time from other people. You know. There's many ways in which it can occur. So anyway, that's a good one to, to, uh, to practice with and to... Um, uh, take up and just work on as one one particular focus with the precepts and just in your everyday life just look at both sides of it you know whether um, you, you're trying to take something which life is not freely given to you or a person's not freely given to you and that you're being as free with your generosity as you possibly can now that also needs um, a caveat on it as well, that's the right word, legal word, um, because there's wise giving and there's unwise giving, and um, it's not necessarily wise for a mother to keep giving lots of money to her son who's a drug addict to buy drugs, mm -hmm. and believe me it happens, it's called enabling, um, that's not a wise kind of giving, um, but wise, wise giving is where you can see that it does good and doesn't do harm. Also, in the act of giving and giving freely, is when we give freely, it doesn't have a price tag to it at all. And it's worthwhile watching. Do you know that when we when we are giving, is whether we're non non attached to the outcome of it, or we've actually got an agenda there that in our giving we actually expect something back in return. And that's a, that's a challenging one. Like we might be generous and then we expect a, 
a thank you for what we did and we don't get a thank you. And we get all huffy about it. And then we see that there actually was an agenda in there that we, we weren't actually giving freely. So there's a lot to work with in this um, precept. And to go back to where I started, um, if we're really grounded in um, just this moment, just as it is, and we see the completeness of it just as it is, then we would naturally act on this precept. It's what would happen unconsciously in our experience. And the more we practice, the more the unconscious, the, the practicing of the precept becomes. And all of this is good advice for future courses. <laughs>